Do you have a call to grade as Fortnightly Sports Center on Scarif Bay Community Radio? Good afternoon, everyone. You're welcome once again to the Sports Center Show here on Scarif Bay Community Radio on 88.3 FM and 92.7 FM and on the TuneIn app. And on today's show, I'm joined as always by co-presenter uh, Pat McNamara. Also going to be joined later on by a well-known local county journalist, is Derek Drummer, as we look back on the exploits of Scalafagunlo, uh, reigning uh, Munster uh, senior club champions, unfortunately bowed out of the All-Ireland race at the semi-final stage last Sunday to Ola Tabella. And we'll get Derek's thoughts on that later. And now we're joined on the line by men very good to hear on Scarapay Community Radio, a well-known local journalist, uh, Derek Dormer. Derek, you're welcome once again. Thanks, Leo. Derek, uh, a week has passed and we're, look, we're, as we're looking back on Scarafogunla's run to the All-Ireland semi-final, which came to an end, as you know, well know, at the hands of Aula Tabella down in Clanmel last Sunday. Your overall thoughts, Derek, on the championship as a whole? Look, it, it was a tremendous year for Scarafogunla. We have to we have to look at the positives first of all here, Leo. I mean, an epic county semi-final could have gone either way against Ianic in the morning. Possibly should have been beaten in the county final, the, the drawn match. I mean, there were three points down in, in injury time. So to become county champions, you know, deserved winners in the replay, that, that was fantastic. And then they went on the journey in Munster. And who will ever forget Mairead Scanlon's match-winning goal? I mean, what a moment. So two Munster titles in three years, absolutely fantastic. They just, look, they come up against a, a well-drilled machine, defending All-Ireland champions, but... Things didn't go right for the day on the day from atrocious weather didn't help. And I I think they were <clears throat> a bit naive in their approach without trying to be critical of them. I think I think they got a few things wrong on the day and you know, but look, the manager I spoke to him afterwards and and to quote him, it was a great year, just not a great day. Yeah, and I suppose it's a, it's a very a very apt uh, uh, description, all right, there's no doubt about that. And I suppose Derek looking back, as you said in the game again, I know it could have gone either way. Definitely, the county final the first day was was probably all but gone, and they they snatched victory or got a draw from the the jaws of defeat. Definitely good enough to uh, better the second day. Probably played their best camogie during the Munster Championship. Uh, to be fair, especially down the day <coughs> after a slow start down in Inishkara, pulled in Inishkara, you know, and within of course won the Munster final. I suppose if if people said to uh, the question was asked at the beginning of the championship the Scarafogunda would win the championship and win a Munster club they'd say probably maybe not this year yeah yeah Leo look the young young side and look to win any county title at any grade is hard be it junior C hurling it is hard to win a county title but to win the creme de la creme which is your senior championship in your own county that takes a hell of a lot of effort and you know plaudits must go out for that but Twice they've won the county title and twice they went on and won Munster. They're a fantastic bunch. And, you know, in the last All-Ireland semi-final against Schlock Neil, they probably could have and should have won that game. They were never going to win last Sunday. I think everything from the, I think from the minute they arrived, I just, and I hate to be critical, but I just think everything they did was wrong. Um, you know, and it's not through their fault, but... Ullert showed all their experience warming up. I, I watched Ullert warming up. They warmed up in training tops, training gear. They, you know, they didn't strip till the final second before the throw-in. <coughs> Scarlett were going to out in the field at the start of the second half for three or four extra minutes. And all these small little inches, they all add up to yeah. a metre, you know, eventually. And that, 
you know, so I think, you know, a lot of lessons can be learned from it. Um, I have no doubt that with the talent that's there, um, you know, that they can return to this stage. And he, I, I I do feel that there is an All-Ireland Club title in, the, in these girls. If they can just stick together, not lose too many and bring on one or two more from the, the minor setup. You know, the potential is definitely there. The heart is there. The commitment is there. They're a fantastic bunch of girls. And let's not forget, like, the loss of Kira Dyle was huge because somebody needed to to mark Ursula Jacob as in, forget about their own game. Somebody needed to stop Ursula Jacob. And even if they didn't touch the slitter for the 60 minutes, to stop her touching it <coughs> would have been key, you know? Derek, um... I know when you lose, it, 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 it puts a different perspective on things than when you win, but is there a case to be made for saying some more general point that no girl or team should have been asked to play one of the most important games of their lives last Sunday, whether it be Schlock Neil or, or Sarsfields or Owlert or indeed Scalafogunlo, given the conditions and the horrendous underfoot conditions and indeed the wind and the howling rain and sleet, should have gone ahead at all. In my opinion, it shouldn't. I couldn't agree more with you, Pat. There's like you're talking about how will I put it? Between the four clubs, you're talking about ninety of the best camogie players yeah. in the country. They shouldn't be asked to go out in what can only be described as atrocious conditions. You know, I, I was asked afterwards, and and I was right. I, I had to write for the Clare Champion, and the best way I could describe it was from the throwing scarf won a free. Amy Barrett took a lovely quick free. Alva Rogers won possession and was fouled. Only 27 yards out for Ashleen Corbett. Now, I seen Ashleen Corbett, as, as did both of you, land a 90-yard free below on Corbett. We said it. No problem to her. Her free couldn't, it didn't and failed to reach the target. Such was the ferocity of the gale. You couldn't ask anybody to play in those conditions. And she was 27 yards out and the free just held up in the air. And I suppose, did she get it 20 yards? That, at, at, you know, at the, and, that, and, the, and my point about <clears throat> that is, is, Pat, is that that was at the throwing. That was the initial mm-hmm. minute. You That's know, right, yeah, first free in, yeah. The, what would have been the harm? I know they're under pressure because of the final and scheduling in Crow Park. But, you know, Sod's Law... Like ten minutes after that match, the sun came out. <laughs> like, you know, I yeah. I, I was interviewing the Scarfa Gunlow manager David Sullivan, and I just looked up and I said, "Look at the sun out now, and it's dry." <laughs> now the picture still cold on the picture still, yeah, and yeah. undercut and cold, but no harm to put that game on at three o'clock. Why half one? We know everyone knew from the weather warnings that that weather was going to dissipate. Now, it still wouldn't have been great, but they could have put it on at three o'clock if they were under that much scheduling, con- you know, uh, constraints. They put it on at three o'clock and show respect for, as I said, probably the ninety best camogie players in the yeah. country. Yeah, and it was going by the other semi-final. Uh, Derek were probably very lucky it wasn't played in Belly Buffet or somewhere. Okay, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know, and and to be honest, now I'm such a Scarif Gunlow fan. After the last few years, I couldn't have cared less. Pat. <laughs> you know? Fair play to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely, you're definitely. You know, That'll win you for friends around here for sure. Yeah, you're uh, di- my 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 heart went out from like my. I mean, they have been fantastic on media days. They're fantastic to do interviews. They're a lovely bunch. They're down to earth. You know, they always have an hello, hello for you <clears> and a nice welcome. And they and uh, and what. What draws you to them is, is Leo, is, is the effort that they put in. Do you know, and even Sunday, if someone said to you at half time, would that match start at 1-7 to no score? 
wouldn't you have taken it? You know, you would, after you all your years yeah. of experience, you, you would have mm. taken it going, Jesus, 10 points, 10 points is manageable now with that game. But I, suppose know, they, I just you, you, think they got the second half approach wrong. I, I hate to say it, but I they lined up wrong at the start of the second half and gave far too much space into the inside full forward line. Far yeah. too much. And again, at the start of the second half, Derek, you were talking about the weather, right? And Murray Scanlon got a free out on the 20 metre line, right out on the sideline. And the near post, the near upright was was shaken, you know, just swaying very much in the breeze. And unfortunately, the ball came off and there was a chance of a score. But from that breakaway, they, they, it was a great team movement. And, and look, at really, they put the game to bed in the first two minutes with that first goal. And that was probably they, the game over. They did, Leo, and it was game over. But, and I hate to say it, but there should have been no way that much space inside. Just no. I mean, you sh- they should Scarif are going to lined up, in my opinion, wrong for the second half. They should have had a six six girl defence back there and build yourself slowly into the game. Dominate possession from the back and launch launch the ball long and, and creep into it. You know, pick up a pint here, a pint there, and suddenly, you know, the score should have been one seven to four or five pints after ten minutes of the second half. Instead it was three seven to no score, game set and match. And it was cruel, but I just think it was a bit of inexperience and you know, a bit of over anxiousness to get back into the game. And just leaving that space inside, and if you give quality forward space, they will do damage. There's no, and you know, there's no doubt. You, 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 as you said, the quality of the older developed forwards, like they, they shot and their passes, every pass that they turn out stuck. You know, it's a sign of an experienced team, very much on the money. You know, they were very nearly caught, as you well know, in the Leinster final. Okay, they had their reaches down there with COVID and weddings and celebrations, whatever. They had little training done. There's no doubt about it, uh, Derek. But they had seen plenty of the training field prior to last Sunday. They did. I, I interviewed Ursula Jacob afterwards and she mentioned it. And in fairness, to, I have to give credit to her here. She did say that scoreline doesn't reflect the battle I was just in. I'm sore. I'm bruised. They never gave up. Um, we just, we've worked on our use of the ball over the last two weeks and it really, really helped us in the second half. So, you know, look, I would have felt personally going into it if it was a sunny, dry day, I would have felt that if Scarif Ogunlo could have stuck with Ullert until midway through the second half, that, that the girls would have had the legs in them. You have to remember a lot of these Ullert girls are, have been around a long time. They won All-Irelands with Wexford. They had a wealth of experience, but they wouldn't have had the legs. But conditions meant that speed counted for very, very little. You know, it was more of a physical... It was a, a war of attrition, endurance, a battle of wills. Endurance you know. system. Yeah, yeah no... stamina and endurance rather than speed. Yeah, but then looking at then, I suppose that's the that side of it. And unfortunately, Scarlett for going to the championship season is over. But to look on the positives, uh, Derek, you know, the, the, there is more players to come in. Eva Power, another top class forward, you know, who was maybe close to the action uh, last Sunday. Probably they didn't risk her when the game was gone. There was no need, no, no, no need to do it. But she'll be a big addition uh, for Scarlett for going with in, in the and maybe and to Clare in the upcoming uh, championship as well. Absolutely. And look, the Clare Championship is, is highly competitive with Jorina Kilnamona and Trua Clanlara. There's some quality Camogie players in this county. There is no doubt about that. And Scarif have a habit of winning. You know, and I feel if, if Scarif come out of Clare next year, which I, I think personally, now this is only my opinion, I think it'll be harder for Scarif to win Clare next year than it will be if they come out. They will, if they come out, they will win Munster. They're definite, you know, they just have that know-how how to win in Munster. <coughs> and they can only get better. 
and they will learn, you know, they will learn from this. Um, they were up against, like, as I said, serial All-Ireland winners and defending champions. It's a tough ask. But, you know, if they can just bounce back, I, I still well, believe there's an All-Ireland club title in these girls. On that point as well, that, that, that you said they are a team that's going to be around for a long time, Derek, and Leo might know the answer to this better than any of it is. I wonder if any of that team last Sunday that started or even that finished would be under 21 years of age, I'd say. Half? More? I think, is it all about three is around the 23? If you look at it that way, Derek, it's a, it's a major thing. They, they, under 23s don't beat All-Ireland champions in, in wintry, wet, horrible days in a boggy pitch. You take Murray at Scanlon, Susan Fahan and Ashton Corbett. All the rest are under... Are, under 22, 23, that's, that's the oldest. Back to 17, Back yeah. to 17, yeah. Yeah, that's a big telling point. Yeah. So, look, there's incredible youth there. There's incredible um, speed. There's some fantastic skill. Um, you know, we saw a great score, like, just to, to bring it back to the English car again, what a point from Leisha O'Donnell. So, you know, the, the Munster final, you know, they, they have the talent, they have the skill, they have everything that is required. It was just... It was almost a mission impossible from the word go last last Sunday, you know. Because once you lost the toss and played against he- the breeze, was look, I, I hate being critical. They point. didn't help their own, they didn't help their own, you know, cause, their own yeah. cause. They were out in the field warming up in their in their actual jerseys. I know it's a small thing, but Uller came out in training yeah. tops, you know, Absolutely. and didn't strip until the ball was about to be thrown in. The Scarif girls, their jerseys were already heavy, already wet. You know, and, you know, I don't know the financial situations of things like that. I don't, and I'm not going to be critical of the club here, and I do not mean to sound it, but Uller probably have, you know, that experience and probably the finances and resources. They probably went into the dressing room, known Uller, and changed kit completely again, you know, into a brand new fresh kit because they looked, and they left Scarif out in the field at the start of the second half again. Whereas if I had been in that scarf dress room, I would have been like, "We're not going out Wait there." They go out. I, mean, I was thinking the same thing. On the door, we, you said know? It, we said it in the commentary actually that the door would out way too soon, standing in that freezing cold. Yeah, it does not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't help, and they, of course, the slow start to the second half killed the game. Then, yeah, it does not. Do but going back then, Derek, what a year! You know, at the end of the day, county and Munster club uh, champions for the second time in three years, and it's a marvelous achievement. And you know. Uh, they're now top of the pile I suppose in Clare regarding Munster Clubs with the, the other one to the bridge you know and absolutely it, it, two, it, two from three Leo like two of the last three years both times they've come out they've been, they've been Munster champions and deservedly so do you know there is no question that they're, they are the best club side in Munster there is in, there is no doubt about that they have established themselves and anyone who plays Scarf or Gunlow in the county or the province will be going in as underdogs they're now there to be shot at and and that's 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 a good thing, you know. Uller mm. are there to be shot at in Leinster and Wexford, and that's and Schlockneil above, you know, in their province and Sarsfields in Galway and Connacht, and that's the level they want to be at, and that's the level they're almost at that level, you know. They were probably ranked four of the four teams going into the last four, but they're definitely ranked number one in Munster. And, and Derek they defeated Drummond Inch twice. Yeah, you know? on, the, on that point then, you know, from a Clare Camogie, if you take a broader view of the Clare Camogie scene, I mean, there's three, there's two or three clubs certainly in Clare would fancy the chances of beating Scarlett on a given day, on a good day for them. You know, it's that close in Clare. Shouldn't, you know, with that, and with Scarlett being, as you say correctly, the best team in Munster, shouldn't that uh, kind of be uh, the basis for Clare at county level to have a savage you know, basis for a strong county team with such a competitive senior championship as I said 
does at least two teams, if not three, would fancy that they could leave with Scarlet for Gunnalow and possibly beat them and have done it once or twice in recent times, in recent years there. That's, uh, that's so, you know, that's something to look at and you'd be wondering, will it, will is, it come to fruition? It is, and I, I, I've asked the question there. I, I do feel, and I'm not trying to be, again, I'm not trying to be critical. It's not my place to be critical. <clears> but I do feel Claire Camogie inter-county level has been underachieving. Now, whether that is that they don't have all the players from those top three clubs on board I don't know you know but when you have the heart and courage of Amy Barrett for example she never gave up like you know Matt even in the last minute she chasing back down and trying to hook yeah. and block and look there was an instant early in the first half and this this sums up those girls for me to perfection Ursula Jacobs free hit the upright fell down to Una Lacey and she was about to pull in it from 12 yards not one, not two, but three of the Scarra full back line. All three girls trundled their bodies down in That's front right. of her, pulling that ball. The, the heart and bravery has to be commended. They deserve the greatest respect for that, and they deserve plaudits for being two-time Munster champions after, you know, twice in three years. It's incredible. You look, last Sunday will be, you know, it was painful, but it's over, it's gone, consign it to history, and Great teams will find a way to come back. And I've no doubt that this team will come back. And this time, 12 months from now, please, God, you'll be ringing me previewing the All-Ireland Club final. And that's something, that's something we'd, we'd look forward to. There's no, no doubt about that. Uh, Derek, a quick one for you. Uh, player uh, hurling out this weekend again, awfully in, in the league. A game you know, that they're going to have to win to keep their league aspirations uh, alive. Now, maybe Brian Lohan is just maybe trying out players. But it looks like good to see the return of uh, Tony Kelly. Yeah, yeah, he'll, 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 he'll probably get a run. I don't think they'll start him now. I, I'm not exactly certain of that. But yeah, we, look, we will need a victory. Um, I've no doubt that we will go up to Offaly and win. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's tough times for Clare at the moment. We are trying out players, but we are in the most competitive province. We have, you know, the kingpins at the moment are Limerick. Waterford, to me, to me Waterford are the second best team in the country. Uh, they're underrated. You know, they're the only, time, the only side to get in within six points of Limerick in the championship in the last two years. So they're all underrated. Um, you can never rule out Cork, Tipperary or Tipperary. We're in a tough, tough province. It will be tough. The fact that we have, you know, Limerick in the park, we have a good record there against them. And if we could overturn Limerick in the park, forget about the league, win against Offaly there, secure the old status, no problem, and get get ready for Limerick in the park, which will be an epic day out. And I, I have a feeling that Limerick will win the All-Ireland, but there's no reason why we can't overturn them in the park in the Munster Championship. Would, would, um, would we have some great? great young players, Shane Meehan, Mark Rogers, you know, Robin Mounsey. As, as you've seen, we saw Robin Mounsey and Mark Rogers blown in the 21A semi-final. Two of them gave an exhibition right. for Corrafin Ran and, and, and for Scarif. Uh, you know, Patrick Crotty, there's potential there. Look, we will need some strength, size accounts, big men who can hurl. John Conlon coming back is great. If we can get Peter Duggan back, Tony Kelly, of course, like, look, he's, he's, he's the Ronaldo of hurling or the Messi, the way you describe No No county could do without him. So look, we're, not dead in the water. we're not dead in the water yet, you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, there's plenty, there's plenty to look forward to. And, you know, it's it wet step with that. Now that the Camogie is over, we can turn back at really full full steam ahead on the, on the hurling again. 
Derek, you've been very good to us here on Scarab Community Radio during the whole championship campaign, and we thank you for your for your contribution. And we look forward to. I know, I know, you'll make me a cup of tea, Leo. One of the days you'll actually say to me, "There's an old cup of tea now, Derek." And I say, "Thanks very much, Leo." Good man. You might even inc- you might even include a bun. Good. Do you know what? We will we will organise that for you. There's no doubt about that, Derek. As I was going to meet him, I got. Sound, Derek. You're listening to Sportsline on Scarlet Bay Community Radio, 88.3 and 92.7 in East Clare, around the world on scarletbayradio.com and on the TuneIn Radio app. Sportsline is sponsored by Derek Credit Union. And once again, thanks to Derek for taking the time to talk to us. Pest, to continue on Derek's team there, you know, with what the county camogie and they got off to not the best start last Sunday, but, you know... Were in both games up right up to the very end. Unfortunately, lost the junior game to Wexford on Saturday by three points down in Bunclody. And the seniors, you know, eight point defeat in the end to, I suppose, Cork, one of the top teams in the at the very end of the game. But they were competitive for all through. Yeah, I suppose, considering players are missing, obviously it's got a fucking little girls and a few more missing from the senior team. Um, You'd have to say, I suppose, maybe, no, not having seen the game because as we were in Clonmel, but. Uh, you'd have to say it sounds like a, a reasonable performance against a Cork team that's very, very hungry to get back to the top again, I suppose, and they won't be lit up. I mean, they, they'll want to maybe discover two or three new players. Uh, they were very close last year again, as as they usually usually are, to, to, to you know, to break and uh, winning it in other Ireland. But um, they didn't. Galway, Galway, Galway are champions, and, and deservedly so. But, you know, Clare, I suppose the step for Clare to take now is to get up to the level, the consistently level of Cork and... and uh, Kilkenny and particularly Galway I suppose and last year we said we saw him taking we thought a great giant leap with the league game down in Nathanry the first day and uh, <clears throat> played brilliantly for first half of the game particularly and indeed for parts of the second half as well so it looks like the step had been taken up and then maybe there's a kind of a step backwards again or two then coming so there's kind of one step forward and one step maybe two steps forward one step backwards but um, the team the last day was a lot of new players in uh, a lot of players wouldn't have experienced a county hurl, county camogie, <coughs> playing against a, a Davy Fitz coached um, a Cork team as well, and I suppose that led to a little bit of excitement. I think at some stage of the game as well, but since we weren't there, we can't comment. And um, look at, uh, I think a clear team, a clear team with all its very best players available, would be, I think, well able to give Cork a really or or other top teams a, a savage game for their money. Uh, between injuries like Nevo D is missing and missing I know it's got a couple of girls as well that'll be playing I suppose and uh, probably one or two others missing as well Chloe Mori at centre back I'd like to know how she got on I didn't hear much of reports on the game but uh, we'll, be looking, we'll be looking at that as well uh, a good few uh, Killina Fiegel girls playing the forwards and uh, again a bit of an experience there but look it's great for them great for the club to see someone even starting anyway and uh, look um, there's still steps to be taken I'm sure the management will put in a savage effort uh, in trying to make up that step and, and close the gap on the top teams. But it's it's a tough job, um, you know, to get all the ducks in a row. But, uh, look, we wish them well. And Kilkenny is a great test now again this, this weekend. Yeah, and there's no doubt, but it doesn't come any, any easier than Cock the first weekend and mm. then Kilkenny the second weekend in six days. But, you know, again, we're talking about the match last Sunday, Pat, in in the conditions that we're in it, right? Uh, should the match have gone ahead? I presume it's much the same for Cock and Clare in the park. It was rumoured it was going to be up at one stage. Yeah. Now you're coming on six days later and the weather hasn't improved greatly. And now, here you are, uh, six days. Just had to get beaten by Kilkenny uh, later on today. Your league aspirations are over in terrible conditions all in the space of six days. Yeah, you'd have to just ask the question. I mean, 
I know we got beautiful weather in January and we were all saying it was, it was great days for sport and hurling and whatever games have been played, Camogie and different games were played. But on the law of averages, January and February are going to be rough weather-wise, underfoot-wise as well. Pitches just aren't, aren't at, at their worst, I think, at this time of the year. I mean, you could play a game in November and there's still grass on the field from the previous summer and the, the, the rain mightn't have come that badly and you, you, you're grand. But once you go into February after two or three months of, of no growth or grass or whatever... And just water log, logging in there, it's 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 tough. And then the that really biting cold storm was it? Didn't Fra- I can never think of the name. Fra- Franklin. Franklin. Fra- Franklin. Storm Franklin. Good man. I couldn't think of the F. The that F word. <laughs> but um, it must have been tough conditions. And again, you'd have to wonder why maybe at GA, at County, at, at Camogie, and GA at the top level are condensing in games now, split season and all that. And it's as if we're trying to get all the games out of the way as soon as possible and leave July and August and September and October with no big county games at all. I mean, Pat Spillane did refer to it about the football as well. And while you wouldn't always agree with Pat Spillane now and, he, and his mutterings, I think on this occasion he was saying it was as if you're really trying to hide the games. Most counties will have their senior matches all played by the month of May or June. And there's nothing else then for them until the following January again. And you, then you have you know, wall-to-wall coverage of rugby, soccer and all the other sports all the year round. Top games in the European competitions. The they have a free run, Pat. Free run of, of attention for young lads, attention about girls and boys. And I just think, I know it's been tried to look at the, the fixture list before, but something has to be done to provide bigger and more and the important games in better conditions and throughout the summertime when people can go out and watch them and young fellas can go out and emulate their heroes and it's something that has to be looked at again but playing that, that game there should be no game last Sunday for girls most important games of the lives whether it's if Scarlet Fogunlo or the other semi-final or indeed Clare and Cork I, my opinion is there should be no game played time can be found if you're creative there's no and look there's a lot of places around now Pat that we didn't that they didn't have before have lights mm. right it's, it's you know Venues sure can be found. There's any no girl would rather play on a nice dry cam, wins the night from the light somewhere. I know it mightn't suit supporters. I mean, college girls either, but wouldn't they rather that than be out getting frozen? There must have been absolutely numb with cold the last day. And then the ball stuck in the mud. You, If you did wait a week or a week and a half, get a Wednesday night, maybe under lights or a Friday night or something, if the weekends were taken up, I think it could be done. I know it's not ideal, but what's the point of your most important games of your life being played in muck? And the game was designed to be played for in April and September, October. Yeah, there's, there's no doubt about it. Mm. And hurling was always hurling was always known oh, as, a, as a summer game. And and and, and now it's it is fair. Now it is club hurling will have the summer uh, art of themselves. And I mean, we uh, must look at. I know part of the thinking was the club player has been forgotten about, and that was another negative thing that we didn't want in us. But this is how they've addressed it. But I mean, you do want the club players again, and I'm just I, I keep wondering, you know, why why can't you have the t- things still going hand in hand like they used to go before? You'd have to have a bit of a bit of understanding on, on the part of county managements that they could maybe see windows in between the summer months to release players for a championship game or two in club. And then back to county again. I think a bit of creativity amongst everybody involved could get your main games from April to October. That's Pat, the time to be playing. At the end of the day, Pat, at the end of the day, this will all be decided by revenue, right? True. By idiot, the, the revenue receipts are, are for the game. Man. You know, and it will if money is down and the GA, you know, they're a business as well. They have to run their have to run their games, and you know, it filters down to the all the association, down to the different clubs. If they're not making enough from this season, the way or the way they <coughs> it up. There's no doubt it, they will go back and look at it. Absolutely. And I suppose the big sponsors as well, you know, do big, do those big sponsors coming in at club and county level really want their players playing in awful conditions where the ball is stuck in a rock and you have 
you know, groups of players, 14, 15, 16 players, trying to dig it out of a, trying to dig it over a potato field, and and, and no, no, no free movement or no, the the, the people huddled in the stand, maybe a couple of hundred people huddled in the stand instead of being out in their short sleeves watching games, as we always, you know, kind of remember in our younger days. It's something that has to be looked at. There's an awful lot of, I know, wet months. I know you can get bad weather in, 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 in August or you can get bad weather in March or April, but they're still on the law of averages. You're likely to get your bad weather from November to February, and that's winter. And uh, look at the, the amount of big games Gareth Gunnlough, for instance, in Camogie have played in the last few weeks. Lucky in, there in Mellow, got great conditions. Terribly, terribly, completely unlucky last, last Sunday in conditions that didn't suit a light, lively running, fast, light team, you know. But come back to Clare, Camogie, um, look, look, an improvement has to come. We think the county club scene is very, very strong at senior and indeed intermediate and junior levels. So uh, the question is, how can management transfer that into being getting into the top four or five teams in the country? And that's that's the challenge. That's and the challenge, it, it, There's a bit to go, I think. Yeah, and with that, we wish them all the very best look in their game against <coughs> Kikini later on today. Pat, uh, league game against Offaly tomorrow in the Hurland. You know, Brian Lohan, two out of two defeats so far. You know, the Munster league game Again, Limerick didn't go their way. They had a good win over Waterford in the first round of the league. Look, we know Brian Lohan is trying out an awful lot of players. You know, it, it, with the season coming, so he confessed, you need to have a panel for the championship. You know, and that's probably what he's aspiring to. There was little shoes to last day. Could have beaten, could have beaten, could have got over Wexford. You know, a good a win for against Offaly tomorrow will improve the confidence of all. Definitely. You know, any win just makes people feel that better but can out the next day training next to Chua, following Tuesday or Wednesday night wherever it is and also the couple of points to make sure you're, you're going to stay, stay in the status you have awfully I suppose are a team you, we would be targeting they are on the way back from the doldrums they're not there yet uh, they're probably still the team we'd be looking to beat at, uh, they're still Joe McDonough they're still Joe McDonough exactly but uh, nothing you want to be taken for granted when you go up there either now Injuries have been a problem. There's, there's, there's signs that Tony Kelly is, is going to make some, some appearance at some stage in this game, which is absolutely wonderful from a player point of view. Uh, John Collin has returned, which is also very, very positive and seemed to have no ill effects after the last day. was moving quite well and looked, looked, looked extremely fit, actually. Uh, his hurling will probably sharpen up a bit as well. Um, Shane O'Donnell doesn't seem to have returned yet that we know of, and I don't know if he's going to play any league hurling, but... How do you prepare for a championship if you don't play league hurling and they're all together? Especially as it comes together, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mark Rogers' injury situation, I suppose, is a blow. Uh, we don't know the full extent of the range, but we know it's... it's, 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 it's uh, yeah, well, we hope it's, it's not a serious. We're hoping it's not it's serious. serious. Of course we are. And yeah. All Clare and it's Gareth and all of Clare. Indeed, all people who love hurling around the country know that they've know the skill and the ability Mark has. We'll be wishing him well. And please, God, it's only... And, and Pat, before short, we go any further, we must congratulate Mark Rogers and Mike Goff <coughs> from Killaloo on winning Fitzgibbon Cup medals. Which we did last weekend, as did there, uh, as uh, and of course Mark and, and and Dan Tracy as well, and Daniel Tracy. And, and that's right, that's right, that's right. A right. hundred years ago, there whenever it was, yeah, it was wonderful to see that photograph with the, with the two generations. Yeah, congrats to them, absolutely. Mike Off did, did himself no no harm at all, and it was a gritty gritty quarterback uh, display there in that final. But um, go back to Clare senior team. Um, Look, we mentioned green shoes there a while ago. We just and Derek were talking about that, and there are certainly green shoes. Patrick Crotty is a tremendous green shoot. He's already uh, a tree, a big tree rather than a shoot because he's just unbelievable. Um, big, strong, skillful, accurate, ball winner, a distributor. Looks to have it all at eighteen years of age. It's unbelievable. Now, I hope doesn't much pressure put on him, and of course the expectation raises. As you play once or twice very well, and you expect to do it every day, he's going to have a few setbacks, and he meets stronger or older 
can he's, be in a he's now known but he's known and when you make the name exactly but look having said that great to see him um, Robin Bones is a fellow you'll be looking at as well um, the one man I think uh, I mean, we can tend to forget and congratulations to this man Keen Gelvin he's he's part of the local community as well as he's over in the Scallop Community College That's right, at I the believe, moment yeah. congratulations to Keen on winning the middle and great to see him back on the field of play after his horrific injury oh fantastic player you know was what a minor he was and player at Flannans as well uh, great things expected of, of Keen Gelvin like he will have the physique, he will have the size, he, we know his striking ability and uh, uh, he was a brilliant semi-final I think of the Fitzgibbon, uh, not as, quite as maybe dominant in the final, I think he was replaced later on but that's to be expected, the returning from injury wasn't fully fit. Um, yeah, so look at another great option for the halfback line and it's one line we have issues with. You could play him anywhere. You probably could, wing forward would be another option I'd say, yeah. Uh, look at, I suppose, <clears throat> the issues we seem to have OK, our shooting wasn't great against Wexford, but it's at defence, Leo, and we've spoken about this for two or three years nearly since Brian's time, my baby since David Fitz's time. Our defence has never been as, as, as reliable or as, or as ruthless as it used to be in the old days of Liam Dyle and Anthony Daly and Brian Lohan and Frank Lohan himself and all those lads, you know the team. And since then, there were great defenders as well. We seem to be finding it hard to get the right six, six, six players, first of all, with cover. And certainly, then at number th- at number three and number six should should clearly be at three. Should who should be at six? No, no one has pinned that down position, vital position on any hurling team. So those issues <coughs> haven't been resolved fully yet. So a lot of that has been tried out. So there's a lot of uncertainty, Leo, with the clear hurling team at the moment. Now, with the return of all the possible players to come back, uh, and hopefully this is with Mark Rogers maybe been available after a number of weeks or a number of weeks, it'll be uh, with the best squad available. I think we're still could go out and, and we could do major things in the championship but for the moment it's a better, better of beating awfully hopefully they will and I think they should and you know, getting the win this weekend should just lift spirits a little bit and also give Brian a little bit more of an, an idea of the options he has uh, for the following couple of league games but as you said I think the championship is Limerick the and, for Limerick and Galway to come in the league you know See the game they played against each other. That was serious, high, high intensity, high quality, high physicality as well. Yeah. So the challenges just get bigger and bigger, and uh, it's great in a way. You know, <clears throat> you want to see your team playing the best, up against the best, and you want to see measure yourself against that. But we'd also work want to work on our accuracy. We can't afford 15, 16, 14, 15 wides again. That's another problem that has to be overcome. But look at it's still winter hurling. So uh, we live in hope, and I think there's enough signs there to show that. Um, Last year we were very competitive, unlucky, seriously unlucky against Cork, Tony Kelly. Patrick Collins safe, simple as that. Yes, if you kept that ball two feet lower, trickle it, hitting it, bouncing off the ground, that's it, it would have gone in. But uh, easy to talk afterwards. But look at it, vital to beat Hoffley, I I think they will. Yeah, imperative, and we Mm -hmm. wish all the boys and the management the very best to look. Pat, finally, the Six Nations back on this weekend, and Ireland, you know, bouncing, coming back on on the back of a defeat against France. Looking back, not as bad as it all seems. Was a lot of lot of positive stuff, and you know maybe maybe a bit more calculated rugby, and they might have got might have got the win. Uh, should be yeah. expected to pick up full points here against Italy. Yeah, Italy have been struggling. I think I think in in, in whatever number of years they've won. I think they've won eight games in total in the Six Nations. They've won two games on two different years. I think around or seven or or nine or or eleven maybe or thirteen. Long, back along there, it was two years they've won two games. They won one game in the last years, win, and they've won zero win, win, games in the last six years. I think when Parisi was at his best, the great Parisi was the, my favourite player of theirs always. Yeah, but <clears throat> yeah, they should Ireland should be able to pick up to two points or whatever three or four points, whatever points are available. I should say, including bonuses. Um, 
you know, they're expecting Johnny Johnny Sexton may start again. I'm not sure as the Tom team being announced, but uh, I think they're talking about Johnny Sexton starting again. And I think that probably he shouldn't. I think they should continue with Carberry if he's if he's available. Because he was probably the best player they had the last time. Yeah, and I mean he just needs the games because look at whenever Johnny is is is. is and Johnny's, you know, is 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 a, an injury risk from now on because he's been an injury risk for the last number of years when he was a younger man. So, best out half probably in the northern hemisphere, but not guaranteed to last games with the between the age and the injury and the injury profile he has. <coughs> so, I'd love to see Carberry getting more time. Hopefully, see Jack Carty getting more time as well as 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 time goes on. But uh, <coughs> excuse me. Um, look at we should beat Italy um, against France. A lot of people talk about that decision to go for the three points rather than go for the corner. We'll never, ever know the result of that because could have gone for the corner, could have mauled the try, could also have lost the line out, could also have a number of other things could have happened, you know. Um, there's no guarantees of the seven points to win the game. But uh, France are probably, the, no question, the best team now in the Northern Hemisphere. Ireland are fractionally behind them. The big one will be England, I suppose. And I know Scotland will be a challenge as well. Scotland are improved. But... Um, and a lot of good. I mean, just brilliant to see uh, Henson getting that try the last day. Another option at wing. We have a lot of up back options. Though Balakoon, the same might get a run. Yeah, well. perfect. Yeah, He's player, serious, player, serious player, yeah. gears in him. So a lot to look forward to. So I look at where so they'll be today, and after that, then we'll have a lot more serious stuff to talk about in terms of the next two fixtures. Yeah, there's always it. It's it will set the scene anyway. There's no doubt about that. Pat, as always, thanks for your contribution here on Scarif Bay Community Radio today, and that concludes our sports and show here today on Scarif Bay Community Radio in association with Derek Credit Union. And thanks again to Pat and to our guest, uh, Derek Dahmer. Thanks to Jim in the Control Tower. Thanks very much to you for tuning in and listening to us here on Scarab Bay Community, Community Radio today. So all of me is <coughs> Emilio Dial. Until we meet again, it's Bannock Day, August Long. <laughs>